one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Holy Salt Mine podcast. Shit, what is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> the only- <laughs> uh, we're delving into those salty minds to find the saltiest <laughs> stories, salty confessionals, and the salty posts that make us go, wow, that's salty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Tony and Mike. Say hey, guys. Say hey guys. You didn't say that, but I was like, uh, say, hey, hey, everybody. Up, up? <laughs> now it's all fucked up. Yeah. Thanks, is. Sam. <laughs> yeah, it is fucked up. I did it. I did but it. Sam, like a monster <laughs> but Sam, every Thursday, bring in the salt. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Come down to your local salt mine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking of like shock jock radio. And I thought you were going to do the whole episode head. like that. I'm a little disappointed that you didn't really commit, but you know. Yeah, my voice would be shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to I have to protect my instrument, Tony. Mm. You as a theater boy must know that. <laughs> theater boy. Theater boy. Don't be upset over there, little pistachio boy. It's okay. You got your what? thing too. I'm not upset. You look upset. Stop fucking yelling, Mike. Do I just have do I just have resting sad face? Yeah, you, Mike has resting sad sleepy face all the time. It's just <laughs> yes. always like just just like that. Mm, nice. It's not a, it's, we're it's we're doing visual jokes on a podcast. <laughs> always funny. <laughs> yep, always great. Just imagine a really sad and sleepy face, yeah. everybody. Um <laughs> the 30% are here for it. It's yeah. extremely morose. Yeah, and our super secret Patreon, uh, those people who get the actual video, they're loving it. Um, but we can't tell you where it is. I I, it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't even make that joke. It does not exist. Florian would be like, where the fuck is it? Don't let him lie to you. It does. <laughs> oh, man. We can barely run one, let alone two. Like, come on. Episodes or Patreons? <laughs> Oof, all of it. Oof. 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 We've been in this pattern where we've been recording doubles and without fail, our second episode every night is a little bit sillier and also a little bit sleepier (laughs) for Mike. (laughs) Well, you guys want to talk about some salt? Let's talk about some salt. What even is salt? What the fuck is that shit? Great fucking question, Tony. You piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your face, Sam. No. Um, yeah, salt is frustration in the game. You know, it's when someone busts down their Fossa's Oracle combo on turn four and you just played uh, your commander sphere and you're really stoked about it. Uh, it's when someone brings a bazooka to a knife fight. Um, it's when someone misjudges or lies about what their deck does and says, oh, well, it's not really one of those decks. 
but it actually is and they crush you <laughs> yeah but it really fucking is yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they question it at the end they're like see it's not <laughs> and, you're yeah. like, and they what? stick to their shitty guns and you're yeah. like fuck you uh salt is also when you know you just you just have someone with a bad attitude at the table and it kind of brings everybody down and makes everybody a little bit salty and salt is also just something that happens naturally in the game where you know maybe you're about to win and someone just has some well-timed interaction and kind of takes the carpet out from under your feet and you're like fuck you this sucks it's part of the game I understand that removal is part of the game, but I am also salty about it. Salt is all those things. I do like carpet. Okay. Great. Well, Happy don't to know hear what that. To do with that information. As opposed to like hard, like wood floors, you know? Dude, I'm, I'm always barefoot. Like, that's why. Like, I want there to be carpets around that I can really? be on. Yeah. Well, first of I, all, I like that just that slap of the foot on, on yeah. the hardwood floor, you <laughs> know, just like slap. I agree. Just I, I'm smacking a, along as you walk. I'm a hardwood guy. We got one room in our house that's carpeted, but I'm mostly a hardwood guy. Well, I feel like I've turned into liking carpets existing. Like, I don't want the whole floor to be carpeted. I like want the option, but I prefer to be on the carpet. I like carpeting from like a decorating perspective. It, it is nice. Um, but Tony, it sounds like you need to get yourself a pair of house Crocs, which are Crocs that you only wear in your house. And you... <laughs> You wake up and you put your house Crocs on and you go about your day. And then when you're about to go to bed, you take your house Crocs off. <laughs> That's what I do. You take them off when you're going to bed. I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> I thought the Crocs stay on. I thought you wore them to bed. Oh, you mean in sexy times. <laughs> yeah, Crocs fucking rule, dude. You're down with Crocs, right, Mike? Yeah, big Crocs supporter. Crocs Stan. Used to wear Crocs to middle school. I was that guy. Dude, I can sound like a cool as hell middle school. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Crocs, cargo shorts packed to the brim with decks. Just like magic cards <laughs> busting out of my pockets. God. All unsleeved. All unsleeved. Rubber banded. Oh, rubber dude. banded around the, the stack like of sixties. I feel like I could see my guys <laughs> just yeah. munching Cheetos out of oh the cafeteria. Yeah, like the biggest fucking wearing, smile. <laughs> wearing my coat around because I would forget where my locker was, so I'd just wear my coat and carry all of my books to every single class. <laughs> this, is, this is me. This is me, dude. The amount of books that they made us carry around. <laughs> yeah. It was stupid. It was, like it was so many fucking books. books. It's like how like I'm not strong. Like I might be tall, but I'm a nerd. Like I'm a weak nerd. I cannot carry these books. <laughs> I, I was a big locker user. I know some people weren't into their lockers or or just like maybe like you Mike the fucking way they were. <laughs> just be like I, I would find it like once a semester and like stuff a bunch of papers in it. And then later it would be like, okay, it's time to clean out your lockers. And I'd be like, all right, I stuffed a bunch of papers in this. And now I, I have something to clean that I don't even get to use. <laughs> I had like a pet rock in mine. I had like a bunch of shit in there. Uh, we actually had people in my high school start to like, start like little businesses out of their lockers like we started not like, every high school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably like we started to get like nostalgic for like snacks from when we were kids. And I remember one guy got like a pack of like Dunkaroos. Oh, and baby. then someone got a pack of like Squeezums. Do you guys remember Squeezums? I do not I remember Squeezums. Squeezums before my time. They're like a plastic, like a little 
thin plastic bottle and you like rip this tab off oh, the top. Oh, and it's yeah. full of like red juice. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't juice. think we are. Is they're called squeezums? Those are squeezums. They're called squeezums. And, Squeezum and sounds guy, like a I thought there was like, drug. Pop, like juice pops or something like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly. He's hyped up squeezums. Uh, He's on squeezums. He's on squeezums like and started shanking like, people. You guys want the squeezums? And people went crazy for them. And we could have just gone to the supermarket and bought squeezums. But it was so much better to buy them off this random Supply dude for like four dollars, baby. Like it's there. Like <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh man, four dollars. That's a good rate. He was probably buying them for fifty cent. Like dude, yeah, he was making crazy money off them. <laughs> Um, I remember at one point I sold pieces of gum and did pretty well. <laughs> I got this thing from a Cracker Barrel. People nice. know our Cracker Hashtag Barrel. thirty percent. Don't you have to explain? <laughs> Just the thirty percent. No, Cracker if Barrel, baby. <laughs> and I went to a Cracker Barrel, and they had this like we all know uh, bubble tape. Yeah, like it's yeah. like a long ass, like six foot length of of a single piece of gum rolled up. So they had this bubble tape, but it came in like a label maker kind of thing. And you could basically like crank the gum out slowly and turn this dial that had different letters embossed in it and press a letter down to put like letters into your gum. So I would stamp people's like names into a stick of gum and give them this like six inch length of gum and they'd pay like a dollar for it. And I bought the gum for like, I bought the entire roll of gum for a dollar. So <laughs> making like crazy money. Uh, it was Were you like, did you ever put somebody else's name on the gum? Like somebody like wanted it for like, they're going like, to somebody oh out. Yeah. God, they're like, amazing. Yo. I just put, I, whatever they wanted, I put it on there. I was just like, click, 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 click. It was the best. It was, uh, you know, I bought a lot of soda and energy drinks with, with that money. Nice. Yeah. An entrepreneur really entrepreneur yeah that one did you say what did you say entrepreneur entrepreneur that's how you say it when you're really fancy mm. you're really sleepy let's get back to the salt mine <laughs> yeah let's do it boys and by back let's fucking go into it because we yeah, haven't even entered yet let's actually get into it for once you guys ready Oh, I was born, born ready. ready for this. Oh, wow. baby. Look Damn. at that synergy. Born ready, and you're going to die ready. Oh, oh my God. God. This first one comes to us from Patreon, and it comes to us from our buddy, Media Magnet. And the post title is A Light Dusting of Salt. Mm. And the post goes, I figured I'd share one of the few times I've made my friend salty. I was playing a lightly modified Jarena Kudrow pre-con and he was playing the new Urza Precon. I think it might have been his Galea deck. My opening hand, I'd drawn the deck's Bajuka Bog and was just kind of holding it till the time seemed right. Most of the turns were going how one would expect for casual magic, him building a board state and kind of getting ahead of the rest of the table till I drew a board wipe when my turn came around, which I think was Cleansing Nova. I hold my land drop and play the board wipe, choosing the creature wipe because it would hit more targets that way intending to target the mono-black player with the Graveyard Exile. However, my friend, of course, gets slightly upset. Not really salty, just sad to lose board position. At the board wipe, it makes the comment, oh, I can get stuff back, which I laugh and set down the Bajuka Bog and target him with it, 
exiling his graveyard, mm-hmm. which resulted in the salt. I think there were some swears thrown around, but we're good enough friends to let the salt go at the end of the game. Nice. Love it. Just classic salt, you know, kicking someone when they're down. Everyone deserves it every once in a while. Yep. Just knock them down and kick a little salt in their face. And you're like, <laughs> hey, that's what you get. Just leaking a little information, getting completely punished for it. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. the, that's the real thing. It's like you did it to yourself. You're like, I'll get it back. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> With my graveyard recursion. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we're all friends here. I'll talk about my plan, my strategy, how the deck works. <laughs> yeah. uh, not that much though. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's not what was on their, on their mind. They were like, you fool. I will get this back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. too much villain plotting right there. <laughs> yeah. They're like, let me brag a little bit about like, Hey, your board wipe. Actually, your board wipe helped me because now I have graveyard synergy I can <laughs> yeah. use. You know, this like, was all a part of my plan. Now I will be in the lead. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely love those moments where you like sometimes it's so clear to see through it, but you're like, oh no, I actually I like that. That's actually better for my deck. And it's like, no, it probably wasn't, but you could say that if it makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those Pajuka bogs, man. I mean Pajuka bog. One of the most common lands in every fucking precon ever. I think even in the non-black precons, they just put one in just so you have one. <laughs> and it is just like still a super punishing card. Like for a graveyard synergy deck, all you really need to do is remove the graveyard like once to really fuck someone over, you know? Yep. yep. That's all it takes. Get bogged. That's why I wanted to fucking end beat in that game we played. <laughs> All that while back. Like, <laughs> motherfucker's trying to hold me hostage right now. Shout out to our other patron, Beat Farm. <laughs> uh, notoriously, we played a game with Beat, and I think it was Ugo. And, and Tony's playing his Rafine deck, which has graveyard synergy, and Beat drops down a Soul Guide Lantern. And Prospectors, let me tell you, sometimes... <laughs> You know, sometimes we get to play games with our patrons. And uh, first of all, it's very humbling and cool for them to be like, wow, I'm actually like playing with you guys. <laughs> it is a totally other situation to be listening to a podcast and be like, yeah, these guys are cool. I'd love to play a game with them. Play a game with one and have them be like, fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony got healthy. so We salty. were both happy. We were having a good time. Tony got so salty. And B was just like, I can't believe I'm making Tony salty. This is so cool. <laughs> like he loved it. He was like, this is great. He's so salty right now. It was so fucking funny, man. Oh my God. He was a really good sport about it. I, f- I feel like we all got super tight in that game just because that was going <laughs> for <down>. real. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Shout out to Beat. Miss you, dude. Haven't seen you around the Discord in a bit. Come back in. Um, but yeah, it was it was wicked fucking funny. Thirsty. Thirsty huh? for Beat. Yeah, I'm thirsty for Beat, dude. <laughs> give, me, give me some of that Beat juice. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell a joke is good if Tony and I crack up and Mike is just like, (laughs) no, bad. Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about here? Is this magic? What is happening? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we are. We're talking about magic. 
Um, yeah, we we love we love someone giving just a little bit too much of a tip to their friends, thinking it's all fun and games, and then getting getting smashed for it. That's the kind of salt where you really, you know, that's a fun that's a fun joke. And yeah. that person is probably not telling you that they have graveyard synergy again in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do also love that friendly salt of like kicking somebody a little bit extra when they're already down. Like that, I feel like that happens all the time in our group where it's like, all right, I board wipe and someone's like, oh, fuck you, dude, come on. And it's like, and I'll just ping you in the face for three. And you're like, come, like, come yeah. on, man. Like, yeah, you already I do. fucked up my board. Like you need to just do a little bit more to me. Like, <laughs> I do often explain my reason for targeting as because they complained. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, throw out three damage at Tony's face because he's it's complaining like, about it. Yeah, so valid. I love it. That That's just like that fun dynamic that, that a friend group has. usually just throwing it at my face because I'm like, I did something. Yeah. Yeah, you played. You, you sat always down to play. do a thing. <laughs> I, that was a good sentence by me. Stop harassing me for it. <laughs> it's usually because you played a turn one Sarah Ascendant. Oh my God. That was so fucking funny. Oh my God. Dude, we didn't talk about that yet. Not yet. We? Not yet. we definitely did. No, we should talk we about it two or three more times. We uh, definitely we talked did. about that. Did we talk about it on a podcast? I don't yes. know if we did. Really? We absolutely did, because we talked about Obega, and then we talked about... Not Obega, we talked about fucking Yurlog, and then we talked about... Are you pub-stopping us? I think we just explained it in the chat to Patreon. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we put it in Patreon, so... I did not pub-stop. Oh, my God. Hold on. We're so pub. We're all the pub, and you stomped. <laughs> I, I have a second salty story here. Wait, uh, what do we think about the salt rating for this one? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's 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 an appropriate level but it's it's pretty it's pretty minimal too you know yeah it's couched in saying things like we're all friends we we were able to laugh it off it was okay i agree it's that like good natured salt it's just like you know the salt is there people are getting a little bit grumpy but it's like fun it's all in good fun yeah it's that kind of like problem that keeps the game fun a little bit like there's this thing in in game design of like if you're playing super easy mode and you're just winning everything and there's no risk of like dying or anything uh then it it sort of loses its its edge it loses its intrigue and it's sort of the same thing like if if all of your magic is always happy you know rainbow unicorns you're everybody's playing a group hug deck everybody's being positive and my five color unicorn deck yeah your five color unicorn uh pony secret lair tribal deck uh (laughs) Like that, that kind of loses some of that edge of what keeps it fun. So having someone really just mess with your day is just occasionally what you need. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. All right, guys, I got another salty story here. <laughs> and this one comes from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote this last week uh, after, well, you'll hear it in the story. I wrote this last week after a particularly salty game. And this and hey, quick Patreon plug. This is the kind of shit you can look forward to if you're a member of the Patreon, because that's where I posted this. And we all got to chat about it and, and laugh at each other's expense, and it was a good time. Friends, I got salty last night. The four of us played for the first time since Tony's musical wrapped up. Tony brought his new untested Yurlock group slug mana burn deck. 
Mike played a brew over Moxfield OBS, Dernan, and a red background. Nick was on Team Blue, which is a mono blue Planeswalker deck. And I was playing my Abdel Far Traveler Secret Santa deck. In classic fashion, Tony doesn't know the power level of his own deck because it's new. <laughs> so we aim for mid-power. Tony starts the game off with a turn one soul ring and an early wars toll, and we groan. He then drops your lock on turn two or maybe three and gets out an overabundance. So now we are each taking six to nine damage per rotation from the overabundance and the mana burn. He casts a harsh mentor. It's not a stacks deck, he claims. Meanwhile, Nick and I are basically dropping one land per turn and passing. Mike is getting crazy value with Durnan and Cascade effects, but most of it is going at Tony, thankfully. It's turn team five. Team player. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I it's mean, turn five, <laughs> and Tony casts an Imperial Seal. On his turn, Tony starts deflecting hard, which is pretty much the thing he does that makes me the most salty. <laughs> I can't believe you guys think I'm the threat when Mike's well, board is popping off like that. In the moment. Immediate, stop. <laughs> stop it. Immediately after saying this, Tony makes 13 mana and casts Genesis Wave for X equals 10. He gets eight permanents to the battlefield, one of which is Nyx Bloom Ancient. He then makes 16 mana and casts Torment of Hailfire for X equals 14. Nick and I die, since we barely have any board state. Mike powers through, but dies on his turn from the overabundance and mana burn. I'm voted the saltiest baby of the game, so I decide to let the salt flow and show everyone <laughs> how salty I can really be. Tony claims that it was all luck that he got the Genesis wave into the Nyx Bloom Ancient, and the deck isn't really that good. He says, no one even interacted with my board. We complain and argue. I ask what he tutored for with the Imperial Seal. The Genesis wave. <laughs> From I, now I on, should say that Tony, it was luck that I got the Genesis you wave. Fucking did. It was luck that I got the Nyx Bloom Ancient. That you was luck know. that I rolled into that. You were like, 100%. it's just luck that I had the Genesis wave and the Torment of Hailfire in my hand at one time. And it's like you fucking tutored for one of them, dude. <laughs> From now on, Tony only gets to play his new decks into our high power builds. That is the lesson learned here. Yep. Um, just really quick reading some of these wars toll says whenever an opponent taps a land for mana, they tap all a uh, tap, all lands that player controls. So you have to fully tap out all your mana whenever you can, but you still get the mana. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and then overabundance is whenever a player taps a land for mana, that player adds one of any type that land is produced and they take one damage uh, to the player. Also, I was telling, I was ranting about this to one of my other friends. <laughs> like literally got out of this game and was just bitching to someone else. And we're, we're, we were like thinking we were super clever playing around the wars tool by like playing our land at, for turn after we tapped so that we could like sort of have two different, you know, batches of mana. Yeah. But we also don't need to tap those lands for mana. It just says when they tap all their, when they tap a land, tap all of their lands doesn't oh. say they all have to get activated for mana you can respond to that trigger and tap all your lands for mana but you don't have to and the effect will just tap your other lands oh. so we can just not get hurt as and badly by that burn. in the future yeah I didn't also know that. i'm so pretty that sure we read overabundance wrong i don't think tony was taking overabundance damage and he should have been no, I was taking over abundance. He was damage. taking over abundance. He wasn't dealing with wars toll. I don't know. I think you're a pub stomper and a dirty cheater. Actually. Yeah, a dirty lying cheat. Yeah. But for the record, too, look back at the notes. I don't think mana burn did that much damage 
to anyone. The the overabundance did, but actual like mana burn, like you guys used your mana very efficiently, which made me sad. But well, the thing is, the Yurlock mana burn did damage to us. Correct. Yeah, yeah. When so I, that would when do I started three damage. That. Like Yurlock mana burn would at least do three damage to us on your turn. Then there was another turn where it did six damage to us, and then on our turns we were getting like you know four or five or six damage from the overabundance. For sure. For sure. So yeah, per yeah. table rotation you know, we were getting like six to 10 damage total from your deck. And you were like, it's not even that much. It's like, this is a lot. <laughs> it's actually a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where like, we're a very established group. We've played with each other a lot. We yeah. even have a concept of like what kind of decks we build and what power levels they generally have. And we still ended up in this situation. We were, we were just getting blasted by this new coming deck to the, <laughs> to the group. Tell He's so happy right now. He's looking evil. <laughs> You're like laughing and smiling. You're so evil, because dude. This shit's awkward. What am I supposed to do? I don't like, know. Repent. <laughs> Repent. I think the biggest problem, honestly, is that I built it and then like three months went by before I played it mm. just because of like the musical and everything. So I didn't even remember what the fuck it did. I don't know. Oh, you think... didn't spend very long tutoring up that Genesis wave, Tony. <laughs> well, because there's <laughs> two cards in the deck that you go get. Like you get. Oh, so you remember that? You get Genesis wave, <laughs> or you get uh, what's the other one that I forgot? Tor- Torment of Palefire, yeah. and it was already in hand, so that was, was an easy choice, right? It was. Oh my god! Fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Literally. Was. So it it's was a funny in my thing. Opening hand. It's a funny thing because, like, afterwards, obviously, I was super salty, and it was funny because, like, Nick was salty too, and I was like. I think Nick and I tied for saltiest baby. And you're all like, eh, I think you were a little bit more salty. Sam. <laughs> no, we were not like, oh, we were I like, think we were Sam all like, Sam, it was a hundred percent. you. There's no and then I, was like, I was like, all right, like I was holding back. Like now I'm going to like say my piece. If I'm truly the saltiest player, if I already have the demerit against me, I'm going to come in hot. And I you're going like, to gerrymander your salt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Tony, this fuck, this deck fucking sucked. And like this game was fucking horrible and you need to fucking like play test your decks man like i think i think we we talked about an episode with lauren but people who like don't goldfish their decks and come in and they're like i don't know how good it is frankly that is horseshit like the most important thing in an edh game is trying to balance the decks at the table and if you come in you're like i just don't know who who could ever find out how powerful their deck was before they actually play it into a pod it's like (laughs) literally everyone everyone has the capability to do that you just Uh... didn't put in the work (laughs) yeah the goal is for like like four people to have a rough idea of the power level of each of the decks coming into the pod instead no one at the table had any idea of how strong (laughs) the deck showing up was i i still think because I, this deck, I honest to God, play tested more than any deck I've ever fucking played. So it's like two or three times. No, it was, <laughs> I, I drew at least like, and I thought it wasn't going to be good because I drew a bunch of hands and like, I never like changed anything, but like sometimes you get your God hand and that was definitely like the God hand, God draw for like this deck. Like I, I will I say, didn't like, have a tutor in hand. I did yeah. have the soul ring, but like uh, yeah, the, the soul, soul ring was soul huge. ring is really what did it. Like what we should be if if I didn't have soul ring that game, none of that would have happened until turn like seven or eight at least. Yeah, but maybe. it literally cuts so much off because like well no, it's because of the like 
how so your lock comes down but doesn't have haste right mm-hmm. so it's like getting your lock out on turn three which is always the goal well it, let's not forget that you had happened. a mage right stone so he did have haste technically <laughs> no that doesn't give it haste that just lets oh, you do it again okay. thousand year elixir is the one that also uh, untaps okay. but like okay. gives you another thing so it's just like yeah the stars aligned in a lot of really good ways for me. And I crushed you guys. I'm not saying I did it. No. It's, and the thing, the like we talked about it more afterwards because I have been, you know, I've been playing with more people out in the wild and stuff outside of our group. And like what we have been calling our high power, there is an echelon above that. That's not CDH. We're all and trash is what Sam's saying. <laughs> it, well, no, I just think like we're a little bit more battle cruisery than we give ourselves credit for. And I was talking to you guys and I was like, I think it'd be cool to explore this like higher tier of play. That's true high power where like our mid power decks can't hang at that level. Like, I think it would be cool to have. And afterwards mike was like isn't this what you wanted sam did you want the high power and i was like motherfucker i'm playing a secret santa deck like i'm playing my like janky like let me flicker my guys kind of deck you know and and it truly i think it was granted like you had some good luck um with like the cards you drew and uh stuff like that but i do think that it was just purely a power mismatch i think if mike had played Honestly, Mike was doing fine. I think if Nick and I had picked more high power decks, it would have been a way more interesting game. Would have been totally different. If I was playing like Gave or something and Nick was on the head, it'd be way, way different. Mm-hmm. It was like this is an example of the power imbalance really like setting things off. And then of course Tony's deflection always fucking pisses me <laughs> off, man. Yeah. Whenever he's like, ooh, look at this person's board. It's so good. And I'm like, fuck. Like actually in our second game. <laughs> In our second game, Tony started to do that, and I was like, just don't. Don't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> Tony also turn one Sarah ascended in the immediately following game, and we we're oh, yeah. all like, "You okay, I guess, we're playing, I, I guess we're playing I guess we're playing Arch like, Enemy again. Even, okay. You didn't, you didn't have to play it, Tony. Like, that's, that's how we... I felt like I did. We do all this talking about oh, just sandbags, so I was like, all right, I'll just fucking play it. That, that's like, out of Florian's book and just don't shit yeah, on us immediately. Don't, don't shit right on our heads. Like, that's the I thing is we were like game. i was like tony i was like tony does not know how to build a deck that isn't arch enemy which is supported by our stats he like i tried to but it just deck. doesn't work yeah you're like oh this deck won't be an arch enemy deck a deck that steals on my opponent's creatures and sacrifices <laughs> <laughs> so we go into this rafine game and tony plays rafine and we're like man he's always like always arch enemy always and tony's like well Turn one, Sarah Ascendant. Sorry, guys. And we were like, You guys were already mad at me anyway. I'm, this, yeah, of course yeah. you were. I'm mad at you right now. It's all <laughs> back, dude. <laughs> the salt is fresh on my lips. <laughs> oh, man. I so think when the Lord of the Rings cards come out and I can, my sole goal is to just assemble the fellowship, it'll be fine. There's got to be a, a card that's like a uh, door to nothingness. That's just like assemble the fellowship. You win. You win. It's called right? happily ever after. Yeah. It's already printed. What does that say? What does it do? It's uh, it's from Eldraine and it's got like a bunch of conditions. Yeah. And it's if you meet like them all, you just win. win. Interesting. Oh. But yeah, that was, that it, was just, <laughs> it was just truthfully in hindsight, it's just a very funny game. Like, I was salty as fuck, but it, it was just so funny because we 
come back after not playing together for so long. We have this wicked, (laughs) (laughs) wicked, wicked salty game. Two super salty games in a row. And then I don't know why the second one was salty. Because it was just another. Shut up! Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. How do you not know? All I did was play Sarah's that did. How do you not know? I did not do anything else excessively salt-inducing other than play. Oh my god! Other than uh, win the first game and then play I can't with you, dude. You're like always the arch enemy, and you're like, how's this happening? <laughs> uh, Warstool. Uh, <laughs> it was just. It was so funny to have that. And we've been talking about this a lot lately, how for some reason, our casual games are getting saltier. And and we've been talking about this. And truthfully, I think, you know, the answer that we've kind of talked about is like, let's revisit our deck power level balance because we haven't done that in a while. We haven't like reset the baseline for deck power levels. And I remember we did that a couple of years ago and we're basically like, hey, group consensus, these decks that we own are high power. These ones are mid power. These are lower power. Let's try to like play within these tiers. And if anyone chooses to stray from the tiers, you know, you know, like what's going to happen if you get a bad game. So I think, I think we kind of re- need to rebaseline a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's funny because of... CDH oh, has become our like chill out <laughs> mode. Yeah. We're like, let's play something low salt. And we just play CDH and we're all like, yeah, this is nice. This is a nice, relaxing game. <laughs> yeah. It like- just doesn't have that question. It doesn't have that, like, yeah. that's not even a thing you have to worry about. Like, yeah, yeah, someone's deck might be slightly worse or slightly better. You might have someone throwing the game on Selvala. But, like, overall, you generally know that people are bringing <laughs> somewhat evenly matched things into each other. Yeah. And and truthfully, like, Tony's Yearlock deck is really cool. Like, it's a super spicy deck. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I do want to play against it again. It's just, you know, I, I need to come correct with the right power level for mm-hmm. us to enjoy that game and nick and i were both kind of experimenting with some like lower power excuse me experimenting with some like lower power brews at the time and we just couldn't stand up to what you had like we weren't running any tutors we were just like you know and we also had like bad hands too like that didn't help the situation yeah and we were talking about how you want to see every deck do its thing once and so we saw your do its thing to like the worst degree and and i think we're and all like okay so next time again. you better be playing this into our high power stuff so we can just make that not happen ever again <laughs> and, and like the thing is if like tony if you played that your deck again into our mid power decks or you know decks that are like falling below your lock you would be the arch enemy because we'd all be like, we have to fuck up that deck now. But if you play your lock into our decks that are much higher power, then it's sort of something like, well, you know, your luck's doing broken shit, but Gave is doing broken shit too. And aura is about to combo off. And Nick, just no, built it's this not slicer deck. That is the CDH list with like 10 cards swapped out. And he's like, is this casual? I'm like, dude, that's a turn one slicer. He's like, only only the god hand. Oh, you mean the cards that you put in your deck? <laughs> only just if you draw Jeweled Lotus? Yeah, or Mana Crypt. Or any of like the early rituals. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Nick, you're not here to defend yourself. but <laughs> I was like, play it. Play it. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those decks where he plays it and we're like, that sucked. And he's like, all right, I guess I won't play it anymore. You know, and that's not fun either, you know? 
Like, yeah. I, I think this is kind of like a bigger thing where it's like, how do you build decks and communicate it well to like your, your crew about like what it is. Honestly, maybe with like new brews, we show each other the deck list and then let the other people like make a decision on what the power level is based on that. You know, like, like truthfully, I don't think Tony needs to play test your luck a hundred times to come with us and be like, Oh, I think it's about a 7.5, you know? But if we just looked at those cards and been like, okay, you have like stacks pieces in here. You have like really high powered tutors. I'm not going to play my Abdel like casual flicker. Permanence deck. only. Yeah. My <laughs> permanent only no interaction flicker deck. Like I'm going to play something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're joking around about this, but I, I don't think that really what transpired was like too egregious. I think it was fine, but it juxtaposed like we, against like we talked about this. Yeah, like, sorry. You did you just didn't pay me we, enough. We drew a hard line. <laughs> uh juxtaposed with being like, oh, I'm never a problem. Like these aren't this is fine. This is definitely low power. Like, oh, look at Mike, Genesis Wave for 14. Like yeah, it was that's those true. opponents. We were we were like it's less on the deck and more of the actions of the pilot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we were like live telling Tony like, Uh, wow, when you do this, it's kind of salt inducing, and then he'd be like, yeah, but I'm gonna do this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We were like, we like finished that game off, and we were like, it's kind of unpleasant when you do that. He was like, you guys ready to do it again? (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Here's Rafine. (laughs) We're like literally joking, like, oh my god, we should have gotten Pat. <laughs> oh man, it's become oh, such man. a great meme. I think we've got. I think we've got Sam's perspective. What do we think the overall salt rating on on this is, Tony? That's a little bit low for me, actually, Mike. Uh, you know, sometimes I put on a character for the show, but uh, actually, I'm pretty level headed in real life. Oh man, the salt was fucking flowing, boys. <laughs> it was. It's not not a good night. <laughs> It's definitely one of those, like, this happens every once in a while where we have a game that's so salty that uh, I I want to, that I, like, apologize at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> that got out of hand. <laughs> really got me. But, man, sometimes it just gets me. Oh, my God. Especially the downplaying and, like, the deflection. Like Tony, you said this in another episode, the episode with Lauren, I think you were like, Sam just knows how to like push my buttons. And like, you're the same, you're the same way with me. You know exactly what to do for me to be like, fuck you. I feel like it takes usually much more to get you there though. It does. Yeah. Difference. But once I'm there, I'm just like, oh, you're there. Once you're there, you're like, you're there. Yeah. Like I will, I will no longer be salty tomorrow. Yeah. literally <laughs> Sam, sam's like a dam it's like it's not gonna show you much salt but if if it does it's breaking it's all coming out whereas yeah. tony's like whatever like you'll get as much salt as you as you want out of this yeah you'll get exactly what you're getting out yeah. of it uh, yeah like i'm either like pretty pleasant and jovial and making jokes or i'm like this is fucking bullshit <laughs> <A menace. laughs> Oh, well, man. That was a should great we move one, on guys. to a, a third post? Yeah, let's hit a third one. So this next post comes to us from a Gmail submission, and this comes to us from The Quiet One. And the story goes, the story, in my pod, 
we almost exclusively run between battle cruiser and medium high casual without infinite loops or straight up win cons. But there is one of us, let's call him player 9001, that runs a lot of decks where his goal is to draw his deck in combo. And he runs proxied mana crypts, Ristic studies, etc. Before we figured out that we actually need to lean towards dogpiling him to balance things out or run more interaction, just keep his engine down, we would all just sit there watching him twiddle into a combo as the usual way to end our games. Even though we've managed to level things out now, it's become a meme where when he is taking his turn, if he says, and then, chances are good someone will fly in with, I draw my deck and win. We kind of have that with, hey, you can <laughs> I love concede. that. Yeah. <laughs> We were short of ever one day, and we convinced player 9001 to play one of our decks after losing the first game horribly to him to keep the next game from being too imbalanced. He chose Rograk Arden Voltron, and I was running Bayloth Raised by Giants Goad. I got Bayloth and Raised out, and then a Wandering Archaic. Player 9001's turn started, and he had Rograk at 9 power and Unleash Fury and Cleaver Riot in hand. I had no blockers up, but player three did. So he went to cast those two spells so that he could de-goad Rograk and kill me with 36 commander damage. Uh, de-goading because with Bayloth is out and Raised by Giants is out, everything with power, ten, everything mm. with less than 10 power is goaded. So that nine power is critical there. Just adding that in here. I reminded him that I had Archaic in play. So if he didn't pay the two, I could copy Fury onto Bayloth and point him back at player three, essentially keeping the goat up. After thinking for a bit on how to create two mana from nowhere, he decided to scoop instead of just casting Fury, paying the two, and almost killing me, or holding the play for another turn. The look on his face was as pure as driven salt, and player three and I were surprised that after rolling the table last game, he would get that upset and scoop just because he couldn't insta-kill someone right then and there. Hmm. Interesting. Should we read some of these cards? Nah. Eh. Not really. All right, well, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting here to me is I kind of see this other player's perspective a little bit. Like, you imagine you're sitting down, you're playing... You've got these decks you like, you feel like you've spent a lot of time brewing them, you enjoy playing them, you frequently win because you're so good, uh, and you've built such great decks and you're, you know, all together awesome, great, whatever. you feel like this, Mike? No, but (laughs) because my decks are garbage, but I can understand a player kind of getting themselves into that mentality and then having your friends say, why don't you not play those decks? Why don't you play this deck? And Mm -hmm. then you play this deck. And then they're like, okay, this specific game action you're trying to take, it's probably not going to work. Why don't you not do that? And it's like, at some point you start to feel like other players at your table are trying to dictate how you're going to play the game, uh, which just like, isn't, it's not a fun experience and it's not kind of the tables, right? Like you have your position to give input to other people about what they're contributing to your play experience, but you don't get complete say in what they do in your play experience Mm. yeah unless you know the the genesis wave thing but yeah 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 of course of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i i agree with you mike it that can be pretty salt inducing but i think it depends on how it is said you know 
we had a story in, I think it might've been the last episode we talked about with somebody like changing targeting priority Mm -hmm. or changing their targets for a specific removal spell. And maybe they forgot about like a mother of runes on board or something like that. And I think it is fair to be like, Hey, you're forgetting about this thing. Like I see the plan you're trying to do, but you're forgetting about my wandering archaic. I'm going to copy that spell. I'm going to put it on my Bayloth and you're still going to be goaded. Like, Hey, just save your resources for another turn. Mm Kind of rethink it. And, you know, it's kind of like, where's the line between dictating what other people are doing versus like giving them fair warning that their strategy is going to kind of go up in smoke. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that is like a fine line and depending on how the player is feeling at the time, like if you're starting to feel a little bit tilted, you might hear that as people saying like, no, you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. You should do yeah. this play versus kind of giving you more of like a fair warning in right. that situation. Right. I mean, honestly, it, it sounds like a really good plan to try to like boost up and decode, but um and, and kill someone in a single turn, like you, you, you'd be living the dream with with Rograk at that point. But at the same time, like making the play, paying the two, still getting in some good damage, could still steer you towards a win, or even just holding off and waiting for a later turn. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, it is kind of interesting. I guess at first I really wasn't thinking about it from that perspective, but I do think Mike has a good point that it's kind of like, all right, you've already kind of been told you can't play your deck. You're playing somebody else's deck and now you're in this moment you're like oh i want to do this thing and it finally feels cool like maybe you like feel like you haven't done much or something and, and then yeah. it's just like kind of getting yoinked away from you um but i don't know we always say that like scooping at instant speed it's like it takes a high amount of salt mm-hmm. to get to that stage yeah you're like it does. gonna be like I fucking scoop like fuck this. He wasn't even getting like swung at or anything, right? It was like that's the like right. kind of crazier thing. Yeah, and that's wasn't the thing. Getting, like flung at him somehow, or like he was just like, all right, fine, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Flip the yeah. table and just like scooped. <laughs> right. Oh, I have to choose between a really strong play and a slightly less strong play. I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I don't want to be a part of this. That's the thing. Like you. Yes, you can. There's some justification, maybe, in in feeling like you're getting restricted in what you can actually do. But the only thing you can control is how you react to all of that. And if you react to all of that by kind of flipping out and really quitting the game and making everyone yeah. else like feel bad and kind of weird about how this is all gone, that's mm. that's not a productive way to progress the situation. And it, it is a weird situation because so often when there is a big deck power imbalance, one of the pieces of advice that we give a lot is like, play your friend's decks, you know, or like play decks that have all been brewed by the same person. So like, I get what you're saying, Mike, where you've like brewed these decks and kind of been told that you can't play them. But at the same time, like power bounce is very important mm-hmm. and a great way to bounce that out is to play another deck at the table. Tony, you shaking your head over there? <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> Just another one of those moments when I was trying to get a little rise. Oh, it, it worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> but, but like, I can see it in your soul. I saw it. I was like, <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> but like that, that kind of stuff is a challenge because, you know, I will say like the fact that the mana crypt, Ristic study, all that kind of stuff is proxied. I don't think it matters if it's proxied or owned. But I do think there needs to be like an agreement 
like, hey, my deck's going to be running a mana crypt. And putting a mana crypt in a deck does not equate its power level necessarily, but it is a signifier of potential power. And if you aren't on the same level with the decks that you're building, to me, it speaks to like a power mismatch in how the decks are just being built in that pod, you know? And if this person's always winning, always comboing off, and you kind of have these like rule zero things where it's like, hey, we don't really do infinite loops. Maybe those things need to be codified a little bit more. And this, you know, stepping away from this situation individually, talk about playgroup dynamics a bit. Maybe it's a situation where everybody in the playgroup builds an infinite combo deck so you can rise up to player 9001's power level. Rise and player up. <laughs> player <laughs> 9001 <laughs> plays something, builds something a little bit more casual so they can hang with you. Like just, just break it out as a separate tier of play as opposed to forcing one group to play a way they don't want to or forcing another group to play the way they don't want to. Like everyone can have that experience all your decks can be played, just maybe not in the same exact game. But Sam, it's over 9,000. What 9,000? <laughs> impossible. <laughs> Kakarot, impossible. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I fucking love DBZ. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to ask me what salt because you said, but Sam, and I was like, what? Oh, no, I knew <laughs> I had it. It like triggered something in me. <laughs> I think I feel like we've established it, but what's the salt rating here? It's it's over fucking nine thousand. Yeah, it's over nine thousand. <laughs> it's high. It's mega high, dude. Yeah, it, like it's... I kind of get it, but it's over nine thousand for sure. Yeah, I, like I I understand. You, like see the veins in Krillin's head like popping out and Nappa's head too. Like Krillin's already like... dead. Like let's yeah, be real. Krillin's dead. That's why I had to switch. Krillin's a little corpse <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I see it from both sides. Like it. Like, I think that the quiet one, the person who wrote in, is valid here. Like, yo, you're just going to scoop like that? Like, that's kind of stupid, man. Like, just yeah. play the fucking game out. Yeah, just hit at someone. The, at the same time, I have been in those points where it's like, well, I can't do fucking anything. But, like, to scoop is incredibly salty in those yeah. situations. Like, just ride it out. It's not one of those situations where you can't do anything. Yeah, like I said it before, isn't. but your choices are between one thing that's really crazy where you one shot someone and one thing where you almost one shot someone that's goading you. And both of those are like still pretty strong plays. There's not yeah. really a reason to not go for it. Uh, but just like that feeling of uh, it's all breaking, not my way. That's yeah. a pretty high level of salt that is clearly established here. And I think it's something where like that person, it's almost like, oh, like I deserve this win or like I'm owed it in a kind of a way. There's like a weird mm. entitlement to be like, well, if I can't win in a certain way, then I'm not even going to fucking play at all. It's mm. like, nah, come on, man. Just fucking like wait two turns and the entire board state might be different. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, is it that time of the evening? I think it is that time. I like this time. It's the time of the week that comes every week. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike, what's the salty card of the week? Salty card of this? The salty card of the week. Yeah. Nice. That's it. That's all. Great. The salty card of the week this week is... <laughs> that wasn't all. Oh. There was a bit more. <laughs> 
Of course. Now I'm done. Great. Love to hear that. I don't believe you, but I'll give it a go. The salty card of the week this week is... uh, (gasps) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Is Ulamog the Infinite Gyre. Ooh. Gyre? Gyre. You said it right. Gyre? Gyro? Gyro? Yeah, I think it's pronounced Gyro. Ulamog the Infinite Hira. Uh, (laughs) He is an 11 mana legendary creature Eldrazi. When you cast this spell, destroy target permanent. Indestructible. Annihilator 4. When Ulamog the Infinite Gyre is put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles their graveyard into their library. And it's a 10-10. So... Let's mix it up. Sam, what do you think about this card? Um, it's fucking bullshit. It's in my contract that I go first. <laughs> Honestly, uh, it seems too expensive. I don't think it sees any play probably. Uh, yeah, just my, in my any format, assessment. right? Ever? 11, 11 mana is way too high. No one's casting this. No one's ever playing it. I'm surprised it's on the salty list. No, it, it's super salty. Um, uh, just real quick, I don't think we mentioned it, but Annihilator is on whenever this creature attacks, defending player sacrifices that many permanents. Right. So when Ulamog attacks with Annihilator 4, defending player has to sacrifice four permanents before damage is dealt, before any right. blockers and anything like that. So, I mean, this is one of those cards that when it comes down, the game is going to end soon or you are going to remove that somehow. Yeah. Like it is, the writing is kind of on the wall when it hits. And the thing with Annihilator that I don't like, I mean, I like it because it's cool and strong, but I don't like it when it happens to me, is once you start targeting somebody with an Annihilator creature, your best strategy from that point on is to continue to target the same player. Yeah, usually. (laughs) They're usually the one most drained of resources. Yeah. Unless you've got multiple copies of them and then like, it doesn't matter. You can send one for everyone. True. Yeah. You can split them up. But like, if you're going to send it at one person, it's like, well, I might as well just send it at them one more time. Totally take them out versus just like chipping away at people. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, when Ulamog comes out or any like big annihilator creature, I think that's like the play pattern that we see is like, this means that one person, it's not that one person necessarily gets knocked out of the game. It's that one person is going to have like a very unpleasant gaming experience for the rest of the game. Well, it's also hilarious because yeah. it's usually the person with the least amount of permanence. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, hey, like, I got to take out the weakest one it, first. Yeah. Like, like it's going to make the biggest splash here if I just yeah. attack Sam and he only has like a few things out. Yeah. So Tony, how does this make you feel? So interestingly enough, this one doesn't really give me any salt. And I think this one is one of the ones that when it's in a deck for me, this has been the case for me. Anytime I put this in a deck, it's not to cast it. And it's, it's not even necessarily to cheat it out. It's because it has that clause to shuffle everything back in. Mm, And so like, I play it for that more than I play it for it being a big, dumb thing that does big, dumb things because there's a lot of other ones that do bigger badder dumber things like it that betrays it's mm. much worse which i think also has annihilator four uh, i think it's 12 but when when players sacrifice stuff you gain control of them <laughs> so it's like everything they sack now becomes yours uh and so 
I think the Eldrazi Titans definitely can generate salt and generate salt for me. And I've played them and seen them generate salt. But this one is not the one that I find uh, so salt-inducing. Yeah. How about you, Mike? How does this make you feel? I think this one gets me a little bit. I think the problem with a few of these uh, Titans is having effects on cast. Uh, I think that's a really challenging thing for people to deal with you know destroy target permanent when you cast this spell like you can't even counter spell it you know like as much yeah. of a bad rap as blue gets you know yeah it, and blue it is doesn't sort have of... anything like stifle to like prevent that trigger from happening so <laughs> okay you're, sure you're definitely but, right yeah, but that's blue. like a very green is the color of stifling anyway people free blue free blue <laughs> From where? <laughs> Tony kills from me. the oppression. <laughs> Clearly, it feels. But it's just one of those things where each of the lines of text on the card can be pretty salt-inducing, and yeah. the sum is actually worse than all of its pieces together. Mm-hmm. So, like having a cast trigger, that's pretty salty. It's harder to interact with it. Indestructible, even when it hits the board, you're still having to use a specific subset of removal to get rid of it. Annihilator 4, one of the strongest possible attack triggers you can put on things. And just as an added little little spice, you can't really get rid of it. Like you you can exile it, but if it's going to a bin from anywhere, like if you manage to get them to sacrifice it, if you manage to get them to discard it before they have the chance to, to play it, like any of those situations, they're getting it back into their library. They might draw into it again and try and resolve it another time later. So it's just hard to, hard to deal with and altogether becomes this real, real big menace. The only thing that is okay about it is, Thankfully, it does cost 11 mana. Yeah, it is expensive. I mean, one of the things with the graveyard thing that I do want to point out, like like Tony said, like the graveyard trigger can purely just be value in a deck. Like, uh, you know, it's a combo piece in Gitrog loops because it lets you loop your deck and stuff like that. And Anya too. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And Anya Falconrath as well um, in, in the CDH builds for those. It can be removed. Like when it goes in, like that is a triggered effect that you can like respond to with like a, you know, uh, like a death, right? Shaman and exile it or something like that. But at the same time, it is also an effect that you can respond to, to reanimate it at instant speed. So there Mm -hmm. are some ways to like cheat these into play. Um, So it's not like fully infallible when it comes to those graveyard triggers. Um, And I do also want to point out that annihilator four is the highest annihilator outside of Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn, which is banned in Commander. Uh, that has an Annihilator 6. But Kozilek, Butcher of Truth, and Ulamog, the Infinite Gyre, both have Annihilator 4, which is fucking a lot. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot. Yeah. 4 really will... is backbreaking. Like, if, if, yeah. if someone gets this out somewhat early, even if it's just like, like Simic Ramp value in a casual area and they get this out early like if this is out like turn six and you haven't set up very much and this comes at you the chances are you're gonna need to lose like some lands or some really critical pieces in order to to even live to the next turn and then you're kneecapped and trying to deal with it from then on it it asks that question where it's like do you want to lose your board state or do you want to lose your mana resources because Mm -hmm. you have to make a choice you're like hey i have some decent blockers. Do I want to try to block this thing or do I want to eat the damage and keep my mana and try to rebuild? Like it, 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 
is that effect is very oppressive for sure. Yeah. The only thing I was going to say that while it's still powerful, like the cast ability, it is a cast ability. I find that more often than not, these are not casted. Like a lot of Eldrazi tend to be reanimated, gotten out in some like broken way, like sneak attack, that's, sneak attack. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few saving graces of it because otherwise it would be, brutal because then people will be fucking flickering these motherfuckers yeah abysmal so i'm glad that they did that at least when they <laughs> did it yeah, yeah anyway I, I mean i think they did that you know just the design space for that very reason like yeah emerical sure. hands torn is banned but it does cost 15 <laughs> and you take an extra turn when it gets cast which is even crazier to have on a cast yeah. trigger because like you said tony the only thing that can stop that is a stifle and gen- like people just generally don't really play stifles because they can be so corner case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, free blue because blue can't do that. So it's like, yeah, dude, exactly. green like, is the stifle color. <laughs> like poor blue, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Tony, Tony, you're right. It's interesting to hear you change your tone like this, but I'm yeah. glad, we have I'm glad you finally come around. Mike, All it Mike took was Ulamon. Yeah. Everybody at Mike right fucking now. <laughs> All it took was showing you ulamog and suddenly right, change boys. your tune let's see i think this rests at a happy 44 hmm. sam I'm what do you guess think? Hmm. let me think ulamog i'm gonna put it at 61 well sam's got it there it is 72 <laughs> What is it? 72. Fuck yeah. But somebody in the past has gotten within one of it, right? Nope, that's never happened. Uh, <laughs> I think that episode got deleted. Yeah, that's never happened. Yeah. Well, so, actually, Sam it. Sam might have one time, but oh, you've never yeah. gotten anywhere yeah, close I, to that, Tony. Literal that's true. fucking trash. Yeah, I got really close. I got really close one time. Actually, Sam, I think well, one Sam time got I guessed it right it on perfectly. it. Yeah, Sam actually perfectly. hasn't not gotten right on it yet. Sam's yeah, guessed yeah. them all perfectly yeah. so far, <laughs> except this one. This yeah. was a rare yeah. exception. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the shut fuck. It's kind of kind of editor's privilege, but I do get them all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well that wraps up. Over mine with like a really like a really obvious like you would take my word and like yeah swap it with. (laughs) (laughs) Make it super obvious. Oh man, so fucking mad. Oh, I do want to say one more thing of the week. No. No, you don't I'm get to it. It's it wraps it. It's, it's too late. It's, it's wrapped. wrapped. Unwrap it. Unwrap it. <laughs> cannot, it cannot be unwrapped. Unwrap it, dude. Please. Please, bro. Nope. <laughs> please. You can, say, bro. you can say something unrelated that happens to be about Ulamog, but it's not about okay. the salty well, card I'm, of the week. I'm unrelated to the salty card of the week. The one thing that does make me really salty about Ulamog, the infinite gyre, <laughs> is that I, one of the only, uh, one of the only, collections what are those things called like magic collections oh cycles one of the only from the vault things that i ever purchased was the from the vault legends and i bought it at pax east like eight years ago or something bought it for like 120 bucks and was like oh man so expensive i kept all of them except for ulamog i traded it to my friend mike who had an eldrazi deck that he was cooking up and during early COVID, when we were all getting super back into magic, I reached out to him so I could 
get it back from him. And while we were getting really into magic, he was offloading his magic collection to get some cash. No. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, do you still have that Ulamog from my thing that I had? And he's like, oh, I sold it. I was like, fuck. So it's like the only card I don't have from that, from the vault legends pack. And, um, and it's one of the higher value ones, which is a, a huge, huge bummer. Bummer. Never gonna let you go. I'm gonna hold you in my arms forever. Except you did oh, fucking let it go. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, play well, me thanks, out, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want more Howling Saltmine content, check out our Patreon. We have, boom, a thriving Discord. Boom, extra monthly episodes, our extra boom. salt series. Oh, boom, sorry. Stray Grains, our short form series that is like, Got funny NPR vibes. I play my ukulele a little bit. Those are the same. Fresh every time. Fresh take every time. Yeah, I do a fresh take every single time. Um, it's I just play that good. It sounds so consistent. And yeah, it's just fun. You know, we got some extra content out there for you guys. The Discord is popping. It's just like a really fun community. Uh, we've all been enjoying it a ton. People are playing games with each other every week. We have this like deck list forum, which is a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. People are posting deck lists, crafting them together. We got the pet picks. We got the food picks. We got the memes. We got the heartfelt messages to each other, telling each and other. We that talk we about video games and D and D because we talk nerds. about video games and D and D, and sometimes <laughs> anime. It's great. Um, if you want a story featured on a future episode, you can. Well, you can join our Patreon. The Salt Council gets like you know front row seat basically to every episode, or you can email us at thehowlingsaltman at gmail.com or DM us on any of our social media accounts. On Twitter, we are Howling Salt Mine, and on Instagram and Reddit, we are The Howling Salt Mine. We have t-shirts now. Check out our Bonfire store. We've got some merch up there for you. We have a Blues a Trash Color for Trash People shirt. We have our podcast logo on a shirt. We also have our sexy borderless podcast logo. Uh, which just doesn't have the card frame on. It's just that beautiful art by J.D. Burnett, our amazingly talented podcast artist. Um, He's also an awesome tattooer down in Asheville, North Carolina. Hit him up. And lastly, if you haven't given us a five-star review, that really does go a long way. Um, It helps other people find our podcast. It puts us higher in the rankings of those charts. However the fuck that sorcery works, we don't know, (laughs) but we know that it helps. (laughs) Um, so that stuff really does matter. And the other thing I do want to mention, I've been trying to mention this more lately is tagging us in salty stories that you find on Reddit. We get so many from our listeners and our patrons, which we love. We really love to get the direct salt from our prospectors out there, but sometimes going down in the mines and finding that salt ourselves has become harder. So you guys tagging us in those salty stories you find, if you see something that you're like, Hey, this is interesting. We would love to hear it on the podcast. Tag us. We'll jump in. We'll reach out to the OP for that post. See if they're cool with us chatting about it on the podcast. And we'll get it on here. So, you know, you can help us mine that salt. Uh, bring your little pickaxe down there and get to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're punchy. It's late. And as always, stay salty. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling song. The howling song.
keep the next game uh, to keep the to keep the next game from being oh my god guys i'm sorry i'm a little drunk (laughs) 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 thank you for indulging me tony i'm sorry that i got salty again you know i got nothing but love for you was that crisp enough Oh, you're switching me? Yeah. 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 (laughs) You didn't do it back. That's bullshit. I just did. (laughs) I sort of heard it the second time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a wet kisser. I'm a wet kisser. That's not making an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to reference it enough times that you can't. (laughs) Certainly not. You can't take I'm it such out. a good editor, it'll all be gone. <laughs> <laughs>